Last Sunday, we began our Advent journey towards Christmas. We also began to introduce those modest liturgical changes. Uh, the one that we experienced throughout all the Masses for that first Sunday of Advent was you know, all praying in the same direction during the Eucharistic prayer, which harkens back to that movement of the earliest Christians away from praying towards the temple in Jerusalem, as the Jews did and still do, towards the east, towards the rising sun, the sign of the Son of Man. Ad Orientum is what that's called. Ad is towards, Orientum, towards the Orient, towards the rising sun, the sign of the Son of Man. And when that's not possible, because of topography or whatever, then the altar becomes the liturgical east, and everyone is journeying towards that sign of the Son of Man. We saw this corresponds to different elements in our Catholic life, from confirmation and ordinations, where a name is called, we stand, say, present, but in Latin it's ad sum, towards that I am. I am moving towards that. I desire that. Now, after Mass, I thought, well, gosh, you, you missed something quite obvious. I'm sorry I did that, but think of ad Vent, Advent, odd towards, and vent comes from venire, to come or coming, towards the coming of the Son of Man we set off during this season. It's a journey, Christianity is, which is how it was described early on, like in the Acts of the Apostles. It was simply known as the way. That's how they described Christianity in a shorthand way, the way, and like a path. The way of Christianity must be walked. And it's here in a special way that we participate. We're not spectators. We participate in that journey. Now, how we understand Christianity in general and our time here will probably be brought before our eyes on the fourth Sunday of Advent in a special way. Because the fourth Sunday of Advent, we will have Mass in the morning but then what happens in the evening on the fourth Sunday of Advent? Well, we have Christmas Eve Masses because Christmas is on a Monday. Now, if we don't understand it as a journey, we might be inclined to say, well, I've got my God time in once that day. I'll have two for one. Check, All right? But the readings kind of help us understand it just a little bit because on the fourth Sunday of Advent, the gospel is the Annunciation. The angel Gabriel coming to Mary saying, Hail Mary, full of grace, you will conceive and bear in your, in your womb a son. And then, of course, on Christmas, it's the birth of Jesus. You can't have the birth of Jesus without the Annunciation, right? Unless you're journeying, well, there is no real celebration of Christmas. Now, last Sunday, St. Paul spoke of the revelation of Jesus. That means the appearing of Jesus. He's right behind the visible veil of creation, just ready to break through. And then Paul wrote, God will keep you firm to the end, irreproachable on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, and by him you are called to fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, maybe it's partly because of my age or interest. When I hear the word fellowship, my mind goes immediately to that great author, Tolkien, that Catholic author, Tolkien, and his trilogy, 
right? The Lord of the Rings. Maybe you've seen the movie. You should read the books. The first is the Fellowship of the Ring. And essentially, it's about a ring of power that wreaks havoc on the world and destroys the one who attempts to wield it. So individuals come together with a mission to destroy the ring of power, which bonds them together, creates their fellowship. And each of them is tested along the way to reach out and grab that power for themselves. And as that happens, they're purified. Their intentions are purified. They realize something about themselves. And as they fail to meet the challenge, the purification, the testing, well, the fellowship, it dissipates, it dissolves. Now, purification is hinted at in today's second reading. I thought of this last week after our meet and greet with new parishioners between the 9 11 o'clock mass. You know, you've noticed that we started to use incense yeah, during Advent. Hope you enjoy it. The servers are doing well with it, but they're still kind of figuring this out. So as I was going upstairs after the meet and greet last Sunday, I was a little bit behind, so I was just going to go get vested for Mass when I caught the distinct aroma of burning plastic. (laughs) And sure enough, I came up here, and we discovered, even though we talked about it, that burning charcoal, well, it tests what it comes into contact with. A plastic liner, a plastic trash can, carpet, and even just a little bit of subflooring. <laughs> there was no real fire, but it certainly opened the eyes of the servers to that reality. Fire reveals what a thing is. Is it combustible? What is it made of? Fire begins to reveal its content. Fire reveals what a thing is made of. Here's St. Peter. The day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a mighty roar. The elements will be dissolved by fire, and the earth and everything done on it will be found out. That's not an astronomical statement, nor is it a statement about climate change. Listen further. Since everything is to be dissolved in this way, what sort of people ought you to be? Conducting yourselves in holiness and devotion, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved in flames and the elements melted by fire. But according to his promise, we await new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, since you await these things, be eager to be found without spot or blemish before him at peace. The fire here, it's not about a material fire. It's about purification. It's about testing what's on the inside. What is our character made of? That's going to come out when he returns, which, of course, corresponds with John the Baptist, his role back then and for us now. Make your path through life straight. Make it straight. Repent, turn from that thing that you know you need to turn away from and be forgiven. You cannot endure the fire of God's Christ when he comes, John is saying. So we might just simply ask today, 
How is God permitting us? How is He permitting you to be tested, to be tried? You know, I think of that petition in the Our Father, lead us not into temptation. Pope Benedict said that that has to do with acknowledging that God permits us to be tested because it's through testings and trials that we grow spiritually, that we mature spiritually. So we're saying, help us not be overcome when you permit us to be tested for our own good. How is God permitting you to be tested? I thought of that myself just yesterday as I was scrolling on the phone, looking at something, and it dawned on me, do you really need that? Do you think maybe that you're being tested, purified right now? Another way to think about it is, what is undermining your fellowship with Christ? He has involved you in this great mission of making a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. So what's compromising it? Selfishness or laziness? Sloth, which is spiritual laziness, ingratitude, materialism, lust. John Paul II, following St. John, said that sins fall into basically three categories. Pride of life, lust of the flesh, and lust of the eyes. Lust of the eyes is, I want what others have or what I see, I got to have it. Lust of the flesh is, I want that other person. Pride of life is just living as though... God doesn't matter so much. I can manage just fine on my own. Now, John Paul II said, when you notice this in your life, notice that that is compensating for deficiency in your character. When you notice it, you're trying to cover over for something that's lacking. Allow him to enter in and to heal and to refine and to purify. Friends, let's make our paths straight so we can stand upright, purified and holy when Christ comes.